We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for locking in, whether it's on the audio side, Spotify, Apple, or on the video side, YouTube, of course. Um, <laughs> I, w- I have Chad Beater Minnesis with me, and it's funny. We were talking briefly before uh, we started taping just now, and it's like, I kind of had some structure where it was like, I'm going to talk Buffalo Bills for the first half and then kind of switch over to the Sabres. But as I bring Chad in now, it's like, I'll tell you what, man, I got to watch the Sabres game today. We're taping this, by the way, very late um, Thursday night after the Sabres game. A big shootout win mm-hmm. over the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Sabres are, uh, Chad, the Sabres are, are they're hot, man. I mean, they, they've, yeah. been fun, they've been fun to watch for a while. But like they're hot now, they're they're getting results. They're not just entertaining us. We're starting to see some results, man. First of all, how you doing? Thank you very much for joining me again. You did this uh, last week as well, and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, or two weeks ago I had John, and mm-hmm. it was just uh, it was fun then, and it's becoming a really fun time to be a Sabres fan. Real quick for anybody, if you happen to be catching the video side of this on YouTube right now, I have a Buffalo Sabres hat on. This thing is still, I bought this like in August or September, sometime not long after I moved back to Buffalo. And this thing's still like hard and crusty. That's how little I've worn it. But the Sabres has out right now, bro. This this seems fun to watch and they're starting to win. It's cool, buddy. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what to put a word on it really. It, it's, you know, for a little bit of the winning, you're like, okay, where's the, you know, the law going to come? Because that's how it always goes. But they're cruising right now. I mean, I think I think that win makes them seven and three in March, which is is crazy. Like the best record they've had, I think, ever. Um, so in March, at least recently. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that's awesome. And not only are they winning games, I, I know these last three have been overtime, overtime shootout. Um, they're like from a number standpoint, like they're they're outperforming their opponent. Like tonight, they just hammered the penguins at five on five like it wasn't close in the numbers like it it, it was a a beating and you had a couple of fluky goals that got the penguins to overtime but you know overall um very impressive win again um <laughs> they're not even beating they can't even say like oh, well they're just beating up on bad teams i mean calgary vancouver 
Pittsburgh, yeah. Vegas, Toronto twice. Like they're they're having the waves some good teams. And oh, by the way, they have the Capitals on Friday and then the Rangers on Sunday. So you know they're they're in a stretch here, and you know it's exciting. It, you get you get excited for these games now. We're kind of at the end here. You're like, uh, okay, let's just get this over with. Where now you're kind of excited for these games coming up. I was going to ask you that was going to be one of my first questions for you when it comes to the Sabers right now. And by the way, we're going to talk plenty of Buffalo Bills soon as well. But right now with these wins, I think this is like five of six they've won now. Um, I, I was going to ask you that are they getting lucky? Because sometimes teams win. And it can be a facade, and they're not, you know, they're not really playing that good. There's, they're getting a couple breaks here and there, but from what little I've seen, and you would certainly know far better than I would. I mean, it, it looks to me like they're deserving a lot of these points that they're getting right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I kind of, I'm curious when the um, numbers update overnight. I'll take a look in the morning where they are compared to the league over this ten game stretch to see how good their numbers are compared to the league. I mean, again, it's only a ten game stretch, so we won't carry it away, but. I'm just curious to see how, you know, they've improved um, as a team. And then from just an overall individual player standpoint, I mean, you have your first line of Tuck and Thompson, you know, that are still doing their thing. You have your younger guys that are coming in. But I think the probably the most exciting thing that people and fans should look forward to and be excited about is it looks like Rasmus Dahlin decided he's just going to be the one of the best defensemen in hockey and he's just going to do that. Yeah. Like, it, the, the guy just is rolling right now both ends of the ice look so smooth so easy so much confidence every time you touch the puck you just see he's gonna do something with it he's, he's gonna set someone up some special and you know that's the player we were hoping we were getting a couple of years ago when you drafted him it took a few years to get here and that's awesome and oh by the way the other guy he just drafted first overall could be here as soon as this weekend that's when the tournament starts so if they lose in the first round uh they could sign him then but i have a feeling they'll probably win a few rounds but no more than a month um, or even like three weeks, you know, power could be around here too, which would be pretty exciting. Yeah, that's definitely exciting. Uh, you know, what's really cool too is it's one thing for the hometown announce the hometown announcers and, and people who cover the team and Sabres fans to rave about Rasmus Dahlin. Well, it's been really cool now is to see them play on TNT twice over the last week or so yep. and have those guys kind of just drooling over the way he's played as well as Tage Thompson, who scored two goals again tonight i mean what's he up to 27 right now 27 and you know in in my world this shootout one counts that's a hat trick in my in my book (laughs) not not really but in my book i'll I'll give it a hat trick but uh yeah 27 goals um he's easily gonna get to 30 i mean he could have 30 by the weekend uh so you know it's it's wild that that i don't know if i've seen anything like it that i could think of um the jump that he made this season all because he changed position. I mean, there's more to it, obviously, probably, but mostly because of the position change. Going from a winger to a center forced him to change his game and play differently and go to the middle of the ice. And seeing a guy go from, you know, maybe even like a left-out fourth-line winger to a legitimate first-line, no worse than a second-line center that scores 30 goals, like, I, it's it's absolute found money. And... You know, Adams in, in that front office has to be pretty thrilled with what they have there. I jokingly, and let me emphasize jokingly, told a buddy of mine who I was talking to during the game tonight, I said, this guy's going to hit 30. I'm going to start comparing his game to Mario Lemieux. And I was <laughs> clearly joking. <laughs> let me tread some water carefully here because I, I want to make sure I'm clear with this so my ex, my comparison doesn't look stupid. I, I think it's H. Thompson right now, and 
Josh Allen comes to mind in a way, okay? Not this, look, Josh Allen was drafted to, to be the savior of the franchise, okay? Uh -huh. And he's become that. That's not Tage Thompson. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? And I'm not saying Tage Thompson. Josh Allen is arguably, if he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, he's right there right now, okay? Right. I don't think yep. Tage Thompson is no. the best center in the NHL. That's no. So I want to be really clear for people listening or watching, like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? What I mean is this, Chad. You see a, a, a jump in this guy from a couple years ago until now, and you just talked about it. It's been like, you haven't seen a lot of, you haven't seen a lot of jumps like that from a player like we're seeing right now from Tate Thompson. Like with Josh Allen, for an example, he was, I don't know, he wasn't garbage his rookie year, but he was very mediocre, but mm -hmm. he, he had flashes. You saw some flashes. And then in year two, you started to see those flashes more often. By year three, Josh Allen became a stud. You know, he yeah. was, he finished second in the, in the NFL in MVP voting. And then last year, he proved that was no fluke. And in the playoffs, he had maybe the two bet the best two game stretch I've ever seen a quarterback have in my life. What I'm saying about it is Josh Allen just made like a monumental jump. I'm, I'm, I feel like with Tage Thompson, again, not to compare him to Josh Allen, the franchise savior, but the, just the way his game has accelerated. You know what I'm saying? Going from yeah. a guy who was nothing to, a, like you said, a, a bottom line guy to now a guy who, I mean, he's your number one. He's your number one center right now and going yeah. forward too, probably for quite a while. Like that number one line is probably staying together. He's your guy right now. Um, just talk about like that jump that he's had. And do you understand what I'm saying about when I compare yeah. to Josh? Yeah, Allen? I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not the you greatest know, comparison. I, no, I, admit I mean, that. And I, and I, but, but there's, there's some similarities, right? It I popped mean, in my mind. It popped in my mind, Chad, when you said you, you know, you're not sure you've seen it. Like that's how I felt about Josh. It's like, yeah, I can't remember a quarterback who, had a bigger jump from being okay to like superstar in the league. So that's why I kind of thought of that as you were saying it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some similarities in the sense of, of the jump they took from season one season to the next for sure. Um, I mean, it differentiates between, you know, position, even the draft ranking. I mean, Allen was a top 10 pick overall right, and, right. you know, and, and he was a raw prospect coming out and you could see the same thing for Thompson too. Um, you know, Thompson's a funny it's a funny story and it's one of the reasons I've always, you know, and I'll tell the story because I mean, people listen to my podcast. I've heard it, but maybe not everybody listens to my podcast listen to yours. So I'll tell the story because it is interesting. Um, I had a scout tell me that one of the interesting things about Thompson and you could sit in his game the last few years is he always just seems, I, I don't know. Like he, he doesn't use his body as much. He always wants to be that fancy guy with the moves and the, you know, that skill set. And you're always like, come on, dude, you're six foot seven, you're six foot six, like get in there, use your body. And a scout said to me, well, actually growing up his whole life, he wasn't one of the bigger guys on the ice. He actually, um, you know, 17 years old was only five foot 10 or five foot 11. And then over the next two years at the university of Yukon, uh, in his last year in the national U S national development program, he actually shot up like five or six inches. So this is a kid who for his whole career, basically playing hockey was like, you know, an average size kid growing up, used his skill set and all that thing. And then all of a sudden he became a giant and it, it took a while um, was what the scout surmised to me. It might take a while for him still to learn how to use that body, to learn how to use it at the NHL game and to be comfortable being the player he can be and realizing what he can do. And, you know, we're, we're seeing it here. So it's a very interesting story. And it made a lot of sense when you watched the game the last few years that frustrated people. But 
when you take the whole story back and understand how it was coming up and how we had that huge growth spurt and, you know, it's all part of the development process and kind of how it finally has all come together to him for him. It's, um, it, it makes some sense. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny, you know, I think about the Allen thing, you know, they're two giant men, um, but you know, it took different paths to where they are now. Right. This team right now. Well, let me ask you this. You've covered the team for a while now. And again, you know them far better than I do. Do you get a sense that this team right now, or let me start here. Let me back it up a little bit. A couple of years ago, Eichel, Reinhardt, all these other guys, there was a point where, and I remember because I've been doing this show now for a while and I've had Joe Yurden on, me and Joe have been mm-hmm. on. He's been on every Friday almost for a year, a year ago at this time. And this is no lie. I, honest to God, I hated the Buffalo Sabres more than I've ever hated <laughs> a hockey team or any sports team in my life. I, I wish if I wasn't lazy, I would go back. I would dig up clips. I buried this team so hard. Just one calendar year ago, the most unlikable, loathsome ice hockey team or just sports team, one of them that I've ever seen in my life. Now, I like this team. Do you, mm-hmm. Were the Sabres unlikable? It's one thing to be bad. Oh, yeah. Like a year or two ago, over the last year or two before this year, do you, do you get a sense of somebody who less emotionally covers the team? Because I'm an emotional, overreacting, <laughs> knee-jerking idiot all right I, I'm, I'm open to that and i admit that but like this team just feels much more likable whereas the last couple of years i didn't get that sense this team just it just didn't feel like it was a likable team yeah no i mean you're you're i mean do you see the building <laughs> yeah you know that that, that, right. that kind of yeah, 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 yeah. gives it away right there right i mean people just aren't paying now that i think it's gonna be interesting is how things go over the last month here if that building starts to fill in a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, people were just done. Just, I, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not paying. Uh, I mean, the pandemic had something to do with it. You know, people had the whole year off anyways, so it kind of already wasn't easy out, but yeah, people were done. I didn't blame them. Um, you were beginning another rebuild. You were trading your best players and what you were thinking, maybe best case scenario, we can maybe be a good team in three years, but come on. How many times have we done this? Am I going to believe this is the time it's going to work? You know, we've done this two or three times now already. Well, so far, it's kind of working. And they have a lot of good pieces. Uh, a lot of guys took steps. Guys who were struggling early, like Darlene, found their way now. And they're healthy maybe for the first time all season, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about with the COVID and injuries. So that's good, too. And then you have your reinforcements coming. Devin Levi. Ryan Johnson, a one power, you know, those, all those guys can be done with their college career and either in Buffalo or Rochester within the next one to three weeks. And, you know, don't forget Jack Quinn, by the way, who's having an historic AHL season scoring at a two points per game pace down there. Oh, and JJ Baterka, who's also having a historic AHL season, but is overshadowed by, by Jack Quinn. Weren't we worried about Jack Quinn being a bust like a year ago? Talk about a Josh Allen jump. Jack yeah, Quinn. I mean, like, at the AHL I mean, level, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. I mean, he's absolutely, uh, he's crushing it there. If there was one thing about tonight's game, and again, we're taping this late Thursday post-Sabres game, that, and I and I completely understand, it, it's still the crowd is still, and, and I also know Pittsburgh draws a lot of fans as well. Especially the Canadian but, border open now, you know, you're going to get those Penguins this, fans. This was the kind of game where it, it, maybe if it happens a year from now and the way this he's playing and more and more fans come back a year from now, this kind of game the roof would have came off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was a fun yeah. up and down game, two good teams, star players scoring all the goals. It yep. was really cool. I, I I made a comment I had tweeted because Tay Shops has scored when the Sabres went up one nothing, and then Sidney Crosby scored. And my head was down. I was like on my computer doing something. 
and it was like the crowd that the pop from the crowd was just oh, about I saw as that, loud. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Grosby <laughs> scored as it was. But yeah, going back to that likability thing, I think this team, and this might be another difference, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel like this team, I mean, every team says they get along and you know they have this chemistry and they like each other, and yeah, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily feel the authenticity of that before, but now I really do. I think this team legitimately truly does really like playing for each other. For sure. And I, and I think that in part, I think it's becoming infectious with fans and maybe it's not quite showing yet at the arena, you know, with, with ticket sales or, or actually people in the arena, not so much the ticket sales, but I do think fans are are starting to, uh, to trickle back. And I normally I'd be like, you guys are, are fucking bandwagon hoppers, but <laughs> this team has done so much to scour these fans that yeah. you can't blame them for being the way they are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Noah, by the way, going back earlier in the week, which I was planning on talking about before, but this game just got me so hyped, man. Like I said, I got my Sabres <laughs> hat on and shit. No, 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 dead, no trade deadline trades. All right. I'll get that right. Um, <laughs> surprising but it felt like nobody was really mad about it i I, you know fans weren't really mad um media didn't really blast them and i think it was uh oh it was somewhat surprising the only thing kevin adams revealed anyway i know you learned something else too well i'm gonna ask about that in a second but Uh was that kyler miller just came back too late from injury and he said the offers weren't there because you know he hadn't gotten to play enough but do you by the fact that were you good with the fact that this team stood pat and their decision was let's not break this team up let's try to win more games for the rest of the season and maybe get that you know that winning taste a little bit more and maybe not rush these guys up and also i'm sure not screw up rochester as well if they would have gotten rid of four or five of these guys that could have screwed up rochester what were your thoughts now that i got you on the podcast about the sabers making no moves so how i felt at five o'clock on monday is not how I feel today. And I'll kind of tell you why. Okay. So I thought it was, you know, the way I put it on the podcast when we recorded is, is I'm, the, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And it's because I feel like it was another missed opportunity to get assets, whether it be for cap space, mm-hmm. just moving guys out. And, and cause you have a log jam of forwards and then you have these, like I said, these college kids that are coming and you're going to have to play them and you already have eight defensemen and you're going to be bringing more in and more, you know, and then maybe Levi wants NHL games and, you know, it's, it becomes a whole thing potentially. Um, but after talking to some people Monday night and Tuesday morning, it kind of just seems like nothing was there. There wasn't much yeah. on Miller. There wasn't much on Eakin. As I tweeted out, which I'm sure that's about in a second, Hannah Stroza really wasn't available. And Anderson only wanted to go to Florida and it just didn't work there from a price standpoint, what Florida was willing to pay, which is pretty much nothing. So guys stayed, um, you know, it, it works out. They were excited about it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, I wasn't going to ever kill Adams over it in the first place because it's not, you know, the end of the world, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's how I feel today is definitely different than how I felt five o'clock Monday because knowing what I know now for sure, because um, I didn't buy any of the excuse like on Colin Miller that there was no offers or no interest at all on him. But from people that I, I trust, it, it turns out that indeed actually was the case. What about Henestrosa? Because, you, I mean, you tweeted about him for people listening. Uh, what happened with him? Why is he still a saber? It felt to me 
if they were going to make any trade where they might have gotten something back of relative value, it mm. would have been him. But obviously, he's still a saber um, pending unrestricted free agent after the season. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so like I tweeted out, I had a feeling that this was the case because if you look, you listen to insiders talk about guys who were available. Um, you looked at trade bait boards, not a mention of Hinojosa at all from anyone. Mm-hmm. So well, it's interesting because he's a guy that, you know, for other players that removed Kelly Crow, you know, Andrew Cogliano, um, you know, players of that elk, um, you know, you would think you can get some sort of value for him, a forward, a bottom six guy uh, who can be productive for you, who's fast, who can kill penalties. Um, so he didn't move as, as I kind of expected. And so I just asked what the deal was with Hinnestrosa and I was flat out told, well, he really, he was made pretty much unavailable outside of a team blowing the doors off of Adams that he can't refuse an offer on him. Uh, he was made unavailable. They didn't really take many calls on him and no, they would like to resign him. And from what he said today, it appears like he wants to stay. So I imagine at some point that'll get done here. I don't know when, um, I don't even know if they've had conversations yet, but both parties seems interested. And when that's the case, usually something gets done. So, you know, I would imagine he's on this team next year. Let me pull up um, a tweet. These were the lines from tonight. And it was a a tweet earlier today that were the Sabres lines in practice. Cause I want to ask you a question when him in the lineup. So Mm -hmm. uh, let me pull that up right here. The Sabres lines today or in tonight's game. uh, So Skinner Thompson and Tuck, of course, Krebs cousins, Hinnestroza, and you got Asplin. Middlestat and Olafson. Then your fourth line is Gergeson, Eakin, and Akpo. So I don't really, for the purpose of this question, don't really care about the defensive pairings. And then the extra was Bjork. So you, 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 let's say Hennestrosa wants to stay, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they keep him. And yep. you got Jack, you know Jack Quinn's going to crack this lineup when he's ready. Mm-hmm. And then you got Paterka. Okay, now let's, you look at these 12 forwards right now. Yep. I guess you could take out Eakin. After the season, not now. Yeah. Maybe you take him out after the season. Um, and, and if Hinnestrosa stays and you got Quinn and Baturka, does this mean Baturka is still going to be uh, a little bit away from, from cracking this lineup? Because, I mean, we just show, I just showed you the four lines from tonight, and the only one you really are going to remove probably is, is Eakin from this. Unless, of course, I mean, they could make a trade all of a sudden, ask for right. something like that. Yep. But it makes you wonder, like, you know, is Paterka and Quinn both going to be able to correct this lineup next year? Yeah, that's the interesting part now. Um, Anthony, actually, for Expect the Buffalo, a little plug here, does have an article coming out on this very subject tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Um, but, yeah, it's – um, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't know. Um, all of those guys besides Eakin either have a contract or are a restricted free agent. So you retain their rights. I mean, Andres Bjork, who's not playing, he still has one more deal left in his contract. So, I mean, he's probably easy to get rid of as like a throw-in for a trade or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, someone will probably take him. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this probably leads you to assume Olafson will be moved. Uh, he was one of the guys whose names was out there before um, the deadline here. You heard some rumors on him, so I would assume he does probably get moved um i'm curious what the value would be there but that would just then essentially create space for quinn i mean i guess you have eakin spot but you had to figure that out are you going to move gergensen to center and then do an opposo hennish shows like gergensen's thing i don't know maybe but you know 
Granado likes to have his face off center and you know Gergens isn't the best, you know, face off guy, so that could present a problem that they might want somebody else there. So yeah, I mean Middlestack could be a guy maybe they look to move on from. Um and but yeah, I mean Asplin, I, I guess you could, but I, I kind of like what he brings from a defensive standpoint. They don't have a lot of those players, and you need guys like that to play with um Krebs and Cousins. So it's gonna get interesting. And that doesn't even count if you want to improve on your forwards in general from outside the organization. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they have planned, how they figure this out with him shows it back. Cause yeah, I mean, it occupies a roster spot that you thought would be open. So I have no idea how it's going to play out. It's, it's certainly going to be one of the interesting things that we talk about all off season. Yeah. And, and to your point, by the way, Eakin's out there taking the opening faceoffs in overtime. You know yeah. what I mean? So right. actually he has some value to this team. One last thing. This is going to be a uh, a fun offseason. Like you said, lots of possibilities. Um, the team is playing well. Fans are starting to, to rally behind them little by little. And I look forward to next fall because you got the, you know, the Bills are going to be, you know, it's going to be hype city with Buffalo. Right. But, you know, again, with the Sabres, the way they're looking now, and you got Owen Power coming up and Quinn coming up for a little cup of coffee now and then next year. You got a ton of cap room if you were to make some kind of trade. Not saying they're going to, and I'm not saying they're ready to, but they certainly have that ability to because of the cap. And they got three first round picks. So they also have an ability to. uh, Two could be in the top 15 if Vegas continues to fall apart here. Right. Unexpectedly. They might, man. They they might. Uh, 36% odds today. I saw somewhere. 36% odds to make the playoffs. Not good. Sabres haters are probably loving life, right? Or not Sabres, not Sabres haters. My bad. Jack Eichel haters are probably loving life right now. Oh, I'm loving it. I mean, I'm he, loving it. Yeah, yes. you're. He <laughs> they, he goes there, and all of a sudden they can't win hockey games. Man, it, it does make you wonder. It does. I mean, they're this, really injured. Really, they injured. are really injured. And I know Jack's had a lot of bad luck too. You know, mm-hmm. just and playing on teams that just flat out weren't very talented. But it makes you wonder at some point, man. <laughs> it's funny. Maybe may not him specifically, but maybe there's just are some guys in sports who might have all the talent in the world, but for whatever reason, whether it's their own attitude or just rotten luck, whatever it may be, yeah. they always find ways to lose. And you're starting yeah. to wonder, is Jack Eichel going to be that guy in the NHL, man? And yeah. So anyway, all right, let's take a real quick break. And on the other side, we're going to come back and uh, I want to talk some football. I was going to talk football with you off the bat, but again, this Sabres game tonight just had me so hyped. So, uh, Quick break. Be right back. More with Chad DiDominicis. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back with Chad D. Domenesis. So <laughs> the NFL just... The offseason, this offseason is just crazy, man. And just when you think it's like, all right, it can't get any crazier and all the crazy shit that is going to happen this offseason is done, uh, it, it just continues, man. So we wake up on Thursday morning and go about our daily routines. And you're like, I mean, you're a Bills fan. You're thinking, all right, maybe they're going to make a little low-key signing or, you know, you're looking at what some of these other free agents that are still out there, what they may do. And then, I don't know what, sometime late morning, Ian Rapport and then Adam Schefter are tweeting about Tyreek Hill's being granted permission to seek a trade. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like there's uh deals in place and that it's the Dolphins and the Jets that are uh, yeah. finalists for it. And then like, what, a half hour after that, by like lunchtime and shit, yeah. Tyreek Hill ends up with the Miami Dolphins for uh, five picks. I'm like, God damn, man. <laughs> A very uh, a mixed reaction for me, and I'm gonna I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Because on one hand, I am very happy. I'm very happy because the blueprint for the Bills has been the Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah, mm. they did beat them in their regular season last year. And yes, they should have beat them obviously in the playoffs, but they didn't. You know, and the biggest reason why over the last couple of years the Bills have not been able to get over the hump. I'm sorry, it isn't just because of 13 seconds. It's because they can't stop Tyree Kill, man. I looked at his stats and in the last two playoff games against the Bills, 20 catches, 320 yards in two games. I mean, he has just absolutely decimated the Bills. The Bills have had no answer for his speed. They played scared against him. We saw it in the playoff game. They pretty much gave him a free 20 yards or playing 20 yards off yeah. him. You know, ugh, I don't even want to get into that part. But anyway, I'm really happy because the Chiefs are the team that the Bills have needed to beat in the AFC. I just wish your boy would have went somewhere else besides Miami. Because... I wish somebody would just go to the NFC, please. Like, yeah. there's a different conference. Like, somebody just go over there. Literally, everybody is going from either AFC to AFC or going from the NFC to the AFC. It's just, you know, I've never seen anything like this. One conference is so supremely better than the other, at least on paper right now. Yeah. But anyway, so he goes to Miami, man. And uh, again, go to the Jets, go to the, go to the NFC. What are your thoughts on this right now? Because, again, the Bills in Miami are obviously in the same division. They're going to see them twice every year, although they play mm -hmm. Kansas City during the regular season every year, too, because they both win right. the division. But yep. like, what were your thoughts? First of all, obviously, I would assume you were shocked, just like all of us, at the trade. But where he ends up going, just your thoughts in general, him being gone from Kansas City, but now with Miami. 
Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say when it originally came out that he wanted to be traded, was going to be moved. I'm like, oh, he's going to Green Bay all day. Going to Green mm-hmm. Bay, play with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, Devontae Adams replacement. Easy. And then like 10 minutes later, it was like, oh, the Jets are Dolphins. Like, yeah, well, okay, that's unfortunate. But of course, of course, it's the AFC, like like we said. So <laughs> it's not surprising. But, um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth on it. And your part is right. I think for what the Bills want to do, this season and win a Super Bowl, I think it helps their cause. Um, because I think it weakens Kansas City because you could even start to make arguments now that Kansas City might be the worst team in that division. It's like I'm not gonna go crazy, but from a it's roster a, talent standpoint, fair. right it, now it's it, fair. It's, yeah. It's I mean they have mo- they might have the best quarterback in the division still, so that's you know that works in their favor. Um but yeah, I mean it, it takes you know, it weakens Kansas City, at least offensively. And that defense still is not very good. They've lost guys. Um, now, I told somebody else earlier I was talking to, if you move a little bit beyond this season, actually this probably helps Kansas City, maybe even keeps their window open longer because now yes. they have more picks and now they have this cap space that you were sitting here yesterday going, well, Kansas City is going to sign Tyreek Hill. They're going to have Mahomes money and Kelsey money. How are they even going to do anything? They're going to fall off. And, well, all of a sudden they kind of, in the long run, maybe not short term, the long run kind of got a gift here. Um, that's going to allow them to stay relevant, you know, moving forward. But moving past Kansas City in terms of being Miami, um, you know, I'm not as hard on Tua as some people. I don't think he's that good by any means. I got uh, but I also, on that too. Yeah, I also cool. don't think he's some noodle army coins with the ball 10 yards either. Like, I, I just don't, that's just not who he is. But I mean, there's no denying. I mean, you, you got Waddle there, you got Kasiki, you got. Um, the, the running backs that they signed now, Case they, Edmonds, and, Ross, yeah. Rossi, Morset, yeah, they, yep. and then you add Hill here. I mean, there's a lot of speed there. You don't need to have a big arm to hit that speed. You just give him the ball and have him run past people. So, in terms of an offense, you know they could match the Bills. Um, so maybe the Bills don't beat them thirty-five to seven. Maybe it's a thirty-five to twenty-eight score. But right, I still think the Bills are a better team. I think Miami is probably the second best team in the division now. Um, I'm pretty comfortable saying that even with Tua as the quarterback, but you know, in terms of, you know, anything impacting the bills, I'm like being the best team in the division or winning the division. I don't think it changes that that much. Um, at least not now. Now, if Tua's bad and Miami's like, okay, we have a good quarterback. And then maybe they trade for some, I don't who the hell knows some quarterback that we don't expect to be traded next year. And they have a good quarterback. Then maybe that changes things. But I think for this year, um, you know, it, it at the end, it, it kind of nets out as a win for the Bills overall, what, what they want to do. I agree 100%. I would much rather, I didn't want Tyreek Hill with Miami, but I would much rather him be with Miami than I would with Kansas City. I want to unpack a lot because because you had a lot of good points. I agree with what you said, too, about Kansas City. I think it hurts them short term, but I think long term. Look, this is something, and it scares me a little bit when it comes to the Bills, too. You can't have a bunch of superstars and pay a bunch of superstars superstar money you're going to lose some guys Tyreek Hill loved playing with Patrick Mahomes you don't think he likes Kansas City he wanted to get paid and they could not pay him because if they would have paid him it would have came at the consequence of lots of other moves that they probably wouldn't have had to make so I agree with you 100% I think long term I mean they did pick up five draft picks Mm -hmm. this is a big win for Miami though too man yeah because you mentioned a lot of guys they also signed Cedric Wilson's a pretty good receiver from Dallas oh and they got a new head coach in Mike McDaniel. I really like offensive. him. Yeah, me too. He's an offensive-minded head coach. I mean, I'm nothing against Brian Flores, but I think McDaniel's going to help Tua a lot more. I also agree with your point about Tua. Dude, uh, 
I've been beefing today uh, on Twitter with Bills fans. Look, I'm a Bills fan. I'm a Sabres fan, and I don't try to hide it. I don't try to deny it. But when I'm behind this microphone or like you when you're writing or podcasting, I'm sure you attempt to be objective. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're covering the team as a homer, even if in your heart you are a Sabres fan. <laughs> That's how I am with the Bills. I, I love the Bills. I want the Bills to win, but I'm also, I at least attempt to be objective. And the Tua slander, the Tua hatred is, is so, it's fucking annoying, man. And fans, <laughs> and quite frankly, con, some content creators out there too. The guy, you would think, Chad, you would think that the Buffalo Bills right now, the fans I'm talking about, who uh, that watched Josh Allen stink as a rookie, you know, with a roster that was not good around him, but he stunk as a rookie. Okay, you would say a guy going back to the 90s, like Eric Moulds, who was a first-round draft pick and didn't do jack shit for two years. Two years, he did nothing on this roster. Uh, you would think uh, a guy like Dawson Knox, who was a stud last year, but, but was – inconsistent as hell and i'm being nice the first couple of years before he really started to blossom last year you would think this team would understand or these fan base would would understand to be a little more hesitant to to go and label on a guy's bust and, and bums mm -hmm. so quickly look to uh i agree with you he he's not a stud i don't think he's ever going to be a superstar quarterback he's not going to be the best like he was at alabama but i also don't think he's trent edwards either you know what i'm saying at no. the end of the day i was looking up some numbers and they're not pretty, but bottom line, Miami was 13 and eight when he starts games. Uh, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 194 yards per game. No, again, none of that's just going to blow you away, but he, he does. They win. They won seven of eight games down the stretch when he started. So the guy knows how to win. He comes from a winning college football program. Jalen Waddle's a beast. You know, yeah. I, I was getting ready to say in year two before this trade, this guy might be one of the best 10 to 15 receivers in the entire NFL in his second year. Now he's not even the best wide receiver in his locker room anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So stop with the two of slander, everyone out there watching or listening. Get the, get the guy a third year. I know you want to hate him, and I understand fans are fanatics. I, I get that. So it's fun to hate the enemy. But it's a little bit let's, – let's, let's chill a little bit on uh, writing the guy off after just two freaking years. You know what I'm saying? That, that, yeah. I, I really have a problem with fans, and I also have a problem with whether it's content creators – or sports media journalists, whoever it may be, that are just pretty much calling this guy Trent Edwards the, the second right now. <laughs> give give him a year. Now he's got no more excuses. No. He's got every weapon in, in his arsenal right now. You know he's got a good coach. And look, Teddy Bridgewater is there. That leash is going to be short. Absolutely. You start yeah, off absolutely. rough the first week or two, or even in preseason, like they'll they'll yank that chain on you. And Daniels what? has no loyalty to this guy. No, it's not his no, pick. Zero. Yeah. So, and guess what, too, by the way, if they do move on from him, or even if they don't, even after all the shit Miami gave up to get Hill, they still got two number one picks. Two number year. one picks next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, I agree. With, I still think the Bills are the better team. They got the mm -hmm. better quarterback and they got the better defense by far. Yeah. And their weapons are comparable with Miami's, I'm, even on paper. Mm -hmm. um, but Miami's legit, man. It's time to me, in my opinion, anyway, you throw them in the mix. We were talking about there might be five good AFC teams that don't make the playoffs next year. Now there might be six good AFC teams that don't make the playoffs this year. Miami deserves to be in the mix. I think they're clearly better than New England at this point. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the difference of today is I went into this season thinking 
you could probably sweep the division where now I go, hey, you probably go five and one. Yeah. That, that, but that, I mean, that really sums it up to how much of a change it is for me. And I honestly don't even care about the regular season. I said that last time we talked with the Bills. I don't even care. Just, just give me to the playoffs. I mean, now the one seed I think is extremely important, especially the way this AFC lines up right now. Sure. As little games as you could play against anybody else with that stack conference is is good and what they need to do. But overall, just if I could hit the fast forward, just get me to the postseason and let's ride, then that's what I could do if I had the chance. You know what, too? This is also who doesn't love a good rivalry? Buffalo, Miami's been a rivalry. This <laughs> rivalry just definitely got juicier. You know For what sure. I mean? These these games are gonna be uh fun. So you don't consider Kansas City anymore like in that tier, like that top tier. Like it's been before this, it was all. Everyone was like Buffalo, Kansas, Buffalo, Kansas City were on everyone's number one tier. Some people might have Cincinnati or, or the Chargers or something like that, but it was always Buffalo, Kansas City. And someone, do you think Kansas City might have fallen off a little bit with this move? I think they've fallen off, but they still have Patrick Mahomes. So until I see Patrick Mahomes isn't the same player without Tyreek Hill, they're there. Like the, yeah. it, it's, it's, I'm not going to believe it until I see it kind of thing. Like it's the same thing with Josh Allen. Like if he loses Steph Diggs, um, but you know, with these receiver contracts, that might not be too far away. Uh, but if he was to lose Steph Diggs, like, sure, it would be disappointing that it would, you know, lower their level of expectancy, but you're like, okay, well, you have the best quarterback in football or one of them. You should be able to elevate the rest of your receivers up and you should be able to still roll. And, you know, I mean, he, he still has their weapons. You know, they got Juju and a lot of people like him, but I think he's a good player. Kelsey's still there. They're going to get a receiver and they're probably going to draft one, if not two sure. receivers in a stack draft, too. So, yeah, know. they're not bums. <laughs> no, but but that division again, that division is so loaded. They can win it. They can finish fourth. I don't think either is completely unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that really changes from how I felt about them before today, though, because their that defense just isn't good. So yeah. I, I, th- I kind of felt going in going into the season before today that. They can, I mean, any team I feel that way in that, in that division because it's crazy. They could be one or four. There's really maybe the Raiders, kind of, you can say, or maybe the one that's not a favorite. But, I mean, they got Adams. And, you know, if, if Carr can. Chandler Jones, too. Dec- yeah. yeah, if Carr can be decent, you know, there, there's no reason to think that they can't just play along the rest of them, too. They made the playoffs last year without Chandler Jones or Devontae Adams. You know sure what I'm did. saying? So, yeah, yeah, I agree. You brought up Stefan Diggs and. I'm glad you did. Is it a little bit worrisome about what's going on this offseason with Devontae? Because you got guys in uh, Devontae Adams and you got guys in in Tyreek Hill right now who are two of the best receivers in the NFL who are in such great situations on teams that win and have two of the best quarterbacks, arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes and with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And now they're both gone. And you know what I'm saying? Because of money. Yeah. You know, Devontae right. Adams always says this is his dream to play in the, the Raiders. I'm sure it was, but I'm sure the money he got has got something to do with that as well. And obviously Tyreek Hill, I mean, everybody knows he, this was a money thing. The Chiefs couldn't pay him what he wanted to get paid. You look at a guy like Stefan Diggs, man. He's got two years left on his deal still, roughly only going to make about $25 million ish This is a guy who's had 230 receptions, 2,760 yards, 18 touchdowns in two seasons with the Bills. He has been everything they could have hoped for and more since uh, training for him two years ago. He hasn't said anything public. And Brandon, Mm -hmm. he does have two years left on his deal. 
I don't know how it's going to play out, but when you look at the money, again, that these guys are getting and how important Stephon Diggs is to this team, are you a little bit concerned that this could become an issue sooner than later? Yeah, not this season, but I think next offseason it could become a thing. I, I think he's in to let's go win a Super Bowl. And, you know, okay, if you didn't pay me this year, fine, but that's not going to fly next year. Like, we're you're either going to pay me or we're going to have some issues kind of thing I can see happening. Um, I am surprised. I was surprised that there didn't seem to be much interest in doing something with him this season. And it has now probably cost them money uh, with these new contracts that have come out. I do wonder if you got Brandon being alone in a room and say, Hey man, you kind of wish you had a do over there. He might tell you, yeah, maybe he does wish he took care of this before all this stuff started happening um, in terms of these guys getting paid. So it, it's hard, you know, and, and this is when you have a premier quarterback who makes as much as he does. Um, you have to make these tough decisions. You, you have to decide with your salary cap, what you want. Now I am the guy who will sit here and tell you that the salary cap is not real and is fake and you can make anything in the world you want work if you really wanted to. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think they could really ideally make it work. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll have to be creative. They'll have to make some things move around. But, um, you know, if they don't take care of them early next offseason, I think we can start to see it become something where he's not so quiet. I'm... I'm if you would have told me that the Bills were going to sign Von Miller and OJ Howard and defensive tackles, you know, and a bunch of other guys. I'm not gonna run off everyone they signed, but especially obviously Von Miller. I would have said that uh well, they surely must have redid Stefan Diggs's deal. And as much as that deal might be that new deal that he gets, that new money or whatever, at least to cap it the first year. They always, you know how that works. The, yeah. the cap hits always less. I yeah. am surprised they haven't touched that or done anything. I, I Matt Milano restructured, Micah Hyde restructured, and I, I can't remember. They did a couple other things. But yeah, man, to your point, I, if it dra- if it does drag in the next season, which it probably will because he does have two years left, but if it does drag in the next offseason, man, you got a lot of tough decisions to make because this year's free agent class for the Bills, the guys who left, like Levi Wallace, I don't even think that was about money. I just think the Bills think they could draft or, or, or do better than yeah. Levi because he didn't get big money from Pittsburgh. Harrison Phillips got decent money, but the Bills could have matched that, and but they wanted to go a different direction with two defensive tackles. Mitch Trubisky was never going to stay here. Right. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Bates, which, by the way, that will be a mistake. I, I feel like the Bills... The Bills should have worked a little harder to give him a multi-year deal instead of My just... gut still says he comes back, if you're asking me, but that's that's just where I'm well, at. Well, I am asking you. So your gut, you, you, you do think he'll come back. I still think he comes back. Oh, I'm a little more concerned than you. There's three teams out there that he's that have shown interest in him. He's coming back for more than $2.4 is whatever that tender that, that, they, uh, sure. you know, yeah. that they offered him. But anyway, my point was they didn't lose that much. You know what I'm saying? It's like... But next year is not going to be the, the same case because now next year, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, Jordan Poyer, these guys are all going to be, Ed Oliver, these guys are all yeah. going to be free agents after next year. Jermaine Edmonds, I'm, I, I didn't mention him because I'm, I'm not sure they're going to sign him no long-term deal. 
But anyway, that's that's a lot of talent. And he might be a guy that they lose because of the guys yeah. I just mentioned and Stefan Diggs. I mean, just like with Kansas City, you can't pay everybody. And I just Stefan Diggs is one guy I don't want to lose because I think he makes Josh Allen better. I don't think I don't think Stefan Diggs makes Josh Allen. That's not what I'm saying, but he does yeah. make him better. And I For know sure. he makes Gabriel Diggs. You look at that playoff game last year, they were keen on Diggs so hard. I mean, Gabe Davis was getting single coverage with safeties who had no business trying to cover him. <laughs> but, and that's a lot because of Stefan Diggs. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a he's a very big key to this offense. And uh I hope that they find a way to get something done with him soon. Yeah. I want this to drag into next year. Yeah, I mean, if the guys you mentioned for next season, I, I think Knox and Oliver are your two important pieces there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, the tight end market itself is not so cheap anymore. So, yeah, you know, that's eight another... nine million for okay tight ends now. That's <laughs> yeah, basically what they're going. And you have right a guy here who just average. scored nine. What he scored nine touchdowns last year. Yeah, he's nine probably touchdowns. Gonna, he's probably going to rack him up again this year. So, yeah. One last thing about the Bills right now. So we're, we're looking at this roster. Let's, for the sake of discussion, say that Chad Dinamitis is right. And 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 uh, Ryan Bates does come back, which will make me very happy. I hope you're right. I like him a lot. I think he's got a, a lot of room to grow, and I think he's he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. The one position on this team, without question, that needs addressing is corner. Now, if they don't re-sign Ryan Bates and they lose him, then I think interior offensive line, which will be addressed in the draft regardless, I think it yeah. becomes a higher priority. But right now, especially again, the first goal, and Brandon Bean says this all the time, Chad. First and foremost, you got to win your division. And to win your division, you got to beat the three other teams. Miami's loaded now with speed. The Bills have struggled with speed receivers in the past. And again, they lose Levi Wall. Corner's got to be a top priority. That's my long winded uh, way of yeah. getting to this point, man. They need a cornerback early in this draft. They draft 25th. If you were the GM right now, if you're Brandon Bean, and there's four guys that are really head and shoulders above at the top. You got Sauce Gardner, Stingley, uh, Andrew Boop Jr., and, and Trent McDuffie. If you get to pick 15, 16, 17, the Bills pick 25th, and the, one or two of those guys are there, do you think it would be wise maybe for Bean to say, I'll give you my first and second? Because I looked it up. If the Bills gave up the first and second using the old trade value chart, they can get up to about 15, 16. Is it worth it to give up your first and your second and go up? and get a corner who could probably start from you on day one? Oh, this is tough. Because it is. Draft class tough. Well, it's tough for me because I am a numbers guy at heart. Mm-hmm. And an analytics numbers guy will tell you that you never trade your draft picks. Um, so that's where I'm at. You know, I'm trading up is, is bad, evil, giving up picks. Um, don't do it. Keep your darts. Uh, and, you know, just make your picks. But I get the need um, because the other part I struggle with is, and we just talked about it with Diggs, I I guess I have to know exactly what is the plan with him. If the plan is we're going to write out a year, we'll see how next year goes, and maybe the year after that he's not back, well, then maybe I'm thinking about grabbing a receiver to be honest, inside of a corner, but Jeremy white loves you, buddy. <laughs> I'm all offense. You know, I, I, I look at this league and I just sit there and say, defenses don't stop anybody. Anyways, you had the best defense in football going into the Kansas city chiefs game. And you couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes to save your life. You couldn't even keep him 
from going 40 yards in 13 seconds. So what am I going to invest a first round pick in a defensive player corner where I know it's important, but like, or I could just keep trying to stock and load my offense and my receivers. And that's where the NFL is going now. And I'll find a corner. Um, Dane Jackson. I actually kind of like Dane Jackson. So if he's my number two corner, fine. You know, they couldn't stop Tyreek Hill anyways. So who the hell cares? Let's, let's just score more points than the other team because that's always been my mindset, especially against the playoffs when you play against Patrick Mahomes or it's going to be, you know, Russell Wilson or whoever you get into a thing with um, Deshaun Watson. Now, maybe it's they're probably going to score every time because they're just that good. So, you know what? I got to score every time, too. So that's where <laughs> I'm at. I get the need at corner. I understand it. I respect it. They probably think it's more important than I do, because especially when you have a defensive minded head coach. Um, but me, I'm just. I'm score more points, baby. Let's just keep loading up that offense. Let's just score as many points as possible. And, you know, we'll let the defense figure itself out. Get me three stops a game, two or three stops a game. My offense scores almost every time. Uh, I'll be happy. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, you just sang to a lot of bills fans right now, man. There are a <laughs> lot of people, a lot of fans, not, not just fans, a lot of media right now. John Scott, Jeremy White, Nick Aver, all these guys, man, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back too. Which, by the way, was Singletary again. He could be gone after this year. Why yeah. not draft somebody now so you don't got to pay Devin Singletary on uh, next year? It's a good philosophy. Everyone, <laughs> my man Chad Dedeman says, expected Buffalo. Check it out. I'll put a link again. Five bucks a month, man, whatever. You can't beat that shit, man. You, you, I've said this before many times with you. You get stuff there that you're not going to get literally anywhere else you guys got a good podcast i love it you know i gotta get it i've never had anthony on this show man and he's a fun dude he's a good time yeah he's he's a good dude man (laughs) i I love him on twitter but thank you so much for doing this and again i mean i was gonna talk bills and sabers quite frankly i told you this this morning i think i did i forgot the sabers we were playing on thursday night yeah what what the hell what what a nice treat that turned out to be but thanks so much for doing this buddy you you know i appreciate you man yeah anytime man you know i love doing it i'm always good for a good chat The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.